Well, it's been a while. Uh, promise to get these out more frequently. Um, but hey, welcome back uh, to Underwater Sweatshop. I've been gone for some time now, primarily because I'm uh, still on my National Guard uh, contract. And they had us uh, go to uh, what is called JRTC. Some of you may not know this, but it's just a training exercise. It's some like pre-deployment thing. Uh, don't be worried about me getting deployed, or at least hopefully not. Um, because, well, um, this is like the last year of my contracts. So I, I really don't have any more uh, time served. So that's something they're going to have to worry about. Not something I'm going to have to worry about. But a lot of things have been going on in the world. From uh, the banning of Andrew Tate, which God God bless. I mean, he's a he's a weed that has sprouted up as the as the many like manosphere guys um, show up, and you know it's good to see him gone. But uh, yeah, but uh, besides that, um, a lot a whole lot of other things uh, I've gotten. Uh, become aware of uh, the Biden, like, what is it, Inflation Reduction Act, which, dude, the speed at which this came through, you just got to be, I don't know, I, I, I'm almost at default suspicious of, like, what the intentions of this, because um, that could really do, like, how, how beneficial can it really be? But to be honest, uh, I just haven't looked into it a lot. I was looking at Democracy Now!, ironically, about that, and uh, there's some indigenous people talking about how it's, it gives a whole lot of giveaways to the oil and gas and makes it easier for them to drill. Saw similar talking points on uh, breaking points, which kind of makes me wonder how these guys are pretending this is some massive thing for the environment if we're just making it easier to drill. Um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, what else? What else has been going on? There's just so much I have. Like, literally, like, looking this over. This is... I am going to have a strategy for this to be, like, more streamlined soon, but I really am just, like, looking through the internet just so I can, like, drop these things off. Liz Cheney lost, which... Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, Liz Cheney lost, and Democrats are pretending like this is... <laughs> like, I, I, I really do... I know centrism isn't a thing. I know centrism isn't really a thing in the sense of like, it, it doesn't have an ideology. Um, but it is something in American, like an American political, it's an American political like mythos that any, anyone that is like, you, you can be a radical right winger as long as you're like not disrupting the establishment. Um, damn, I can't believe this girl texted me now. Anyway, <laughs> that was just, wow, so, such poor timing. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like, Liz Cheney falls under this, 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 like, group of people where you could just, you just look at her and you're just like, wow, like, this woman is literally her, just her dad. Like, she ported over all her dad's politics. And, like, you know, and they, they're trying to just because she's against Trump and I, I'm not I'm no Trump defender, but my God, like, this is a Cheney we're talking about, guys. Like, like Trump has a lot of parallels to like in, in, while in office did a lot of the same things as a as, you know, uh, as any other generic Republican. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was not he was not that special, you know. Um, other than what he would do culturally. And so, like, when I see a Liz Cheney getting held up as, like, some hero, I just, you know, I, I cringe because that's just, that's just not the case. Um, they're all cut from the same cloth. Nothing to, and her losing, like, I mean, just rest in piss. I mean, she's sure, she's going to pick up a job as a lobbyist or part of, like, some think tank or whatever. I hear that's what, the, that's what they're thinking. And if that's the case, then like the show will go on. It doesn't really matter. Um, Doctor Oz is 
completely <laughs> nuked himself his own campaign, which unironically, like, I always thought this was going to happen. Like, he just never, like, okay, sure, Doc, like, I, I know, and particularly in Trump's thought process, I know that he was, like, it kind of seemed like he had all the characters of Trump, celebrity, uh, gen- like, he has, like, uh, actual cultural appeal. But the thing is that, particularly for at least the Republican Party, this is a centrist in comparison to where Trump right right wingers are at. And so like like this was always going to fall apart. He doesn't have an ideology, you know. He like I mean like it, I I I pretty I pretty much if I I think if I could get a beer, sit him down, you know, you know and like talk to him about what he believes, he'll probably align a lot with like most socially left people in the sense that I I doubt he's against abortion. <laughs> and like that's a hot button topic on the right, you know, because like if you do not defend the actions of the Supreme Court, you, you are just seen as like a rhino. And so like that's. I, I mean, serious, like there's just no way anyone's going to like there's no way all those other factors that made him, you know, similar to Trump are going to usurp the fact that Trump's willing to go all the way down that way. And he's not. And therefore. He's not, and he doesn't really have an ideology to begin with, if not, not just that. And so the person with ideology uh, who can get, uh, who, yeah, with ideology and charisma will win. And I think his name is Featherin. Uh, yeah, he's, he's that's why he's going to win. Also, uh, Trump's sucking up all the dollars. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I'm, Doc Oz doesn't really need the money, but, like, he is sucking up all the dollars. Uh, so... That's that's an <laughs> that's an issue in and of itself. Oh man, I was telling my friends this. Like I, I, I called this shit out. Like I remember I was like in a group chat and I was pointing this out that like Trump's team just sucks up all donations. Like like I you know, there there's is there gonna be a red wave? Is there gonna be a red wave? Like there's indications that show that it, it may or may not. Um be the it probably is actually not gonna be the case. It probably is gonna Stuff's probably going to stay exactly the same if if you're just asking me. Um, but, like, I, I could see how much dollars Trump was just eating away from what would usually go to the RNC. Um, and so when you realize that, you know, elections are bought, not won by votes, and whoever has more money will more likely to win. Most of the time, especially when you have no ideology. And so, um, yeah, like as long as Trump has all the money, like these guys are going to suffer. Now, granted, Dr. Oz is a Trump candidate, and I'm sure if he went to Trump asking for money because he endorsed him, he'd probably um, give him the dollars. But uh, he also does not want to be uh, associated too heavily with Trump because Trump is... Trump, <laughs> Trump is a match that lights a fire under every person in the Democratic Party. It's kind of odd that that's the case, but that kind of just shows where liberal Dems are really at mentally. But yeah, I guess I should probably talk about myself. I'm doing pretty good right now. I, you know, getting back from JRTC has made things... A little bit chaotic. Um, having a little job issues right now, but I'm gonna figure stuff out. I have a wedding to go to in literally Africa, and I'm gonna try to. No, no, I'm not gonna try. I'm going to find a way to post. And don't ask me how, but it's gonna happen. And so, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. But you know, I, I gotta go get like a yellow fever shot. I. I have to actually first go check if I've had this shot already. If not, I have to go find a way to get this shot. Um, I have to. There's so much I have to do. There's, you know, I have to like get, uh, you know, books for school, finish off paying for classes, school. I only really just got in contact with the, the VA for that, and that's that's going to be a process in of itself. And so hopefully I can get that all done pretty quickly. Um. Yeah, like uh, life is just busy. It's always busy around the August, September time, getting out of the summer. 
uh, I noticed there was massive heat waves. When I was out there, whew, when I was out there in Louisiana, I, was, I thought I was hot. That was I thought it was ridiculously hot, but I've been to JRTC before, so I assumed that was just Louisiana heat. But apparently, the whole country, was, whole planet, really, was going through a heat wave, which only screams about, uh, you know, climate change and where it's at. <laughs> um, it's unfortunate. Uh, damn, I, I don't really want to talk about this Inflation Reduction Act. I kind of want to look into it more before I, I start criticizing, but I just have my doubts that it's actually going to do anything towards this, you know? Um, but we knew we really do need to like, we, shoot, sure as shit, we need to really do something about climate change. Like it's, it's not, um, it's not a game. Like I, I had like skin burns all on my arm. Like, you know, I, I was wearing SPF, but eventually like when the heat index is just like 120, 130, like it's 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 amazing to me and you know what's funny i was walking through louisiana um damn should i put this on fuck this it's not like these guys are gonna see it um so i was actually um so after we got out the the box as they call it that's like the field where you go to train uh i took the time with me and my boys to go through the outskirts city outside of fort polk because that's where they do uh, jrtc and um got to see how uh how the South is. And it, it, it's, it's bad. Like you could see no government investment in this area. Like, like it doesn't look like it's been updated since like the fifties legitimately, like nothing has been done to that town, you know? And they had this like little um, veterans place and like it, the entire town economy is really based around Fort Polk. Like anyone who's been near any military bases could really speak towards the fact that like, these military, these military, these towns around the military are all really like heavily um, dependent on the military uh, base that that is there. And if, if if that was to ever like up and leave, like you could see an entire town's economy just collapse. And so, um, and so you you could see this through how the town very much celebrates veterans and the military outright, because you know. A lot. I'm sure that a lot of its tax revenue and just you know screw the tax revenue, screw the politicians there because they clearly failed that town. But just the, just the people, how much of their lives is directly correlated to um, you know, military spending dollars. Either it'd be like getting taxis because Uber, like Uber's completely locked out of this place, which is something that's weird to me because I'm from like the tri-state area, so like. I'm just accustomed to being able to Uber everywhere. But like I saw no public buses. I saw I saw, you know, there was trains, but the trains were just shuttling military equipment. I don't think those were tracks used for civilian trains at all. It is it it was really desolate. And um put in perspective sometimes, like um we must as like people on the left, especially especially we need to go see these towns, you know, whether it be safe for you. I'm black, so like that that's that's a process in of itself. But like, um uh <laughs> it, it could be dangerous for me and other uh marginalized communities. But like if you do get a chance, you should see these towns and see how the way they live informs how they view um the government. Because it, it's one thing for like a uh a, a rich person to, to be like not want to pay taxes. Like that's just you know, rich people, you know, they're just trying to be, that's just rich people just being a parasite onto its own, onto its own nation. Cause there's some of the biggest welfare queens of all time, rich people, but like for, um, poor working class people, like it, it almost seems like a contradiction. You, you, you'd assume that they would be the ones trying to defend, um, they, they need the government assistance the most, but they, they counter it. But then when you go into these towns and you see, um, you know, the complete lack of investment, like you could really tell, like, I could not blame these people for being very upset with the state, um, every time taxism comes in because they never see those tax dollars and those people might as well be in welfare. And I'm not saying they probably aren't on welfare. You know, I'm not saying they don't get access to welfare, but like, that's not enough. You know, the collective earnings of those, the earnings of the people, should be able to at least update the roads, the sidewalks. You know what I mean? I saw, I walked up sidewalks with stairs on them. 
on, on a, a minor slope. I'm wondering, like, why the hell am I walking upstairs? You couldn't, you guys couldn't just flatten this out, you know? You know, I'm seeing cracked roads. I'm seeing buildings completely decayed out, you know? And, and it's it's not that I have not seen that in uh, areas in my area, but the thing is, where I live at, usually a decayed building, building is a building that isn't being used, you know, most of the time, whereas like this is a building that they, I, I saw somebody's business, their livelihood is based around this, you know, and, you know, when you see infrastructure that terrible, you know, like you would just naturally have a distrust for uh, the state and how much it could really do, you know, which, you know, self-perpetuates the idea that we must privatize everything and people don't understand that they, <laughs> which would only exacerbate the issue because privatization is the reason why. Um, some of these things happen, you know, uh, but it, 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 like, I, I felt like, you know, I, I really felt for people, like I, I understood why they viewed things the way they viewed things. It, it makes sense to me. Um, yeah, it makes perfect sense to me, to be honest. Um, and so when you're, tr I think that particularly in that area, when you're like messaging towards those types of people, um, you need to make sure you understand where they're coming from. You know, like don't tell them, don't, don't patronize them with like how government works. It has never worked for them. And especially if you grew up in that town and that's all you've known, like it has never worked for them. So you're going to need to try to convince them that, you know, a, uh, a heavy, a well-financed welfare state would be beneficial for them at minimum, <laughs> A minimum, like, you know, um, of course, welfare states isn't the, the ultimate solution, but like they need it. Like, that's what they need right now. <laughs> and it's, it's bad. I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's, it's laughing because it's just really awkward to say, you know, it's bad. And I, I feel for anyone who has to raise a child in that area of the state. And, you know, I, I don't doubt that a lot of these red states, that is the case, you know, and the, and it's in the those politicians, uh, especially in those locales, and you know the, the capital owners in those locales, um, to keep perpetuating this idea that the state can't do anything while they use the state to extract as much, uh, to help them build their wealth. You know, because you know when you, you grow up and you know your schools, <laughs> uh, don't even like. You know, they, 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 it doesn't, they don't even have alerts or signs saying that the school, like you're entering a school zone. So people are just speeding through no sidewalks. Sidewalks they do have is decayed. Roads are cracked up and destroyed. You know what I mean? Right. You're having like, like, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, you, you, there isn't a, there isn't a, a, a freaking like a street lamp, like for miles, you know, you know, like I, you see no public bus infrastructure, you know. No, 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 what it looks like. No train infrastructure for what all I can tell, you know, like, you know, everything just looks decayed and aged. It's it's like I'm not trying to hear you talk about how Oh, I just need to, you know, we, we like, you know, they they any increase of taxes to them might be sued as an attack on them because they probably are looking at the well off people and they see that they're not paying the taxes. So when they see tax increases, like, oh, we're going to tax the wealthy. They probably just straight up just don't believe it. And they're probably thinking like you're just going to tax them. And I don't know what the process of building that trust is because I'm not in that area and I don't know how to speak that. That's why it's so important to have. It should not be people coming from ways to save the people like like it should be people. There should be, you know, people who are in the communities who have these left leaning views to. uh address what's in their own communities because only they could release only somebody who could speak to them in their tongue, not that they don't speak English, but like, you know, in their accent, like they are, they, they are, you know, Louisiana bred, um, that can really sell them on the idea because they've lived it. You know, I can't come up here as fast talking to, you know, New Yorker and try to like sell them on ideas. They just wouldn't, they just wouldn't trust me. And you know, they, they haven't give, been given a lot to trust. So I, uh, yeah, I, that, that experience was very informative to me. Um, 
that's like it, it really uh, humbled my mindset because like especially when you're permanently online you kind of get into these uh circles where like it's it's always so obvious that this is what needs to be done and um like when you go out and see real people you start to realize like okay like this is why they hold these views like they're not just idiots they're not just apes like this is through years of the system beating them down beating their ability to have faith in any institution down to the point where they're just like let me just hoard all my money for myself i shouldn't pay any taxes because i've never seen what those tax dollars have done for me and i can't yeah as i said i, I can't really blame them it is it makes perfect sense and so yeah that's uh well rant. it's very good I, I never got a chance to do that last time i was there and so um sorry for the if there was a lot of noise there i, I was moving my mic but um, yeah, like uh, I didn't get a chance to do that last time, and it it really helped me. It really helped me like really get a good idea of how not to help them, but like how it's very nuanced. Like I live in a town. I'm I still don't feel comfortable telling people exactly where I live, but I know the nuance of my town. I know how it came up. I know. You know, the bad neighborhoods are good neighborhoods. I, I, I grew up here and I realized like the best thing to do is to build up from there. You know, if I'm going to speak towards unionization in my town. I can speak to it towards my own town story and then eventually like to my county and then to the state. And then, you know, probably keep it within there. I, I could probably stretch to the tri-state, but I'd probably be a little bit more limited. Um because of depending on which date it is. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's about like, go see the communities that you're trying to preach these messages to. Uh, you'll know, knowing what they actually go through on a day-to-day basis, not just driving around in it, walk in it, talk to the people. Cause that's what we did. Um, it was not, well, this wasn't our mission. Like my friends aren't leftists themselves, but we did want to go see the towns and um it's it uh what we saw uh even for those who 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 never declare themselves truly like left-leaning people they were disturbed on how badly they failed it and like i know some uh, some of those friends of mine were republicans and they were just like i will never live in a red state i i think i'll just could stay right comfortably in my blue state and i heard that straight from their mouths and, you know, that's very telling. Um, not trying to over romanticize <laughs> Democratic states. They've had plenty of this failed. I I live in a blue state. I know how they fail, too. But like, it's it's astonishing what red states have to live under. It, it's 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 a third world. Like, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to insult the people. I'm not trying to build. I don't want to belittle them. But like, it really is. And that's sad. Because I've never seen a town that bad. And like, I'm thinking of some of the worst towns I've seen. And they have never peaked out at that level. You know, there'd be some level of modernization fundamentally, or maybe urbanization because I'm, I live in a city. But like, um, like, there'd just be some level. Like, you know, but like, there, there seems to be none. And then what would be so hilarious is that I actually walked by like, oh, I'm so glad I was about to move on. But like, I'm so glad I'm about to break this up. You would see the mayor's house. We got a chance to walk and see the mayor's house. Completely nice. Green grass. The first green grass we've ever seen. White picket fence. You know, all that. And you're just looking at that and it's like, it's, it's not a lack of imagination. It's not a lack of funds. It's a lack of willingness. And that is, that that's, that's criminal to me. So, yeah. That's all I'm going to say on Louisiana. That was... That was uh, that was a trip. The RTC itself. Anyone who knows the army, actually, I think there's a bunch of YouTube videos. But there's people that talk about it. You can get a good idea what I experienced there, uh, over there. But like in my own experiences, uh, <laughs> um, let me just say there isn't. Let me just say this because there's a lot of there's actually been a lot of misinformation I've been hearing from this. I was told that about ten people died. The official number says two. In, the, in a training exercise. So, yeah. 
it's the U.S. As much as I I love the benefits I've been able to gain from joining the U.S. Uh, National Guard, um, like it is a like I I've always been generally anti-war, anti-U.S. military. I uh, only really joined for like school purposes, and um, it was very. It, you know, JRTC, because it was that was my first year in the military after coming through training, my first AT, as they would call it, uh, was JRTC. And like it, it opened my eyes like, you know, I was just getting introduced to my unit, just like by sergeant stuff. And I, you know, I was trying to get a vibe check my time in training, particularly for how long I was. I knew that the best way to learn people is to learn when they're stressed and see how they move, you know, they may not move their best, but there's some things to know, like what their upper limits on how like bad they can be, uh, is something you should know because, you know, people in comfortable environments love to scream how virtuous they are. And then they get into stressful situations and then they're just out for themselves. Um, but, um, what I will say is, uh, Damn, I, I lost my train of thought. But I guess basically what I'm trying to say is uh, DRTC was a good look into what my unit actually is. And even though times got easier, I knew who to trust and who not to trust. Uh, going into this DRTC, I realized with better knowledge now knowing that it's really just an officer training course and it's not really for the individual soldiers, no matter how much they try to pretend it is. Um, like you become quickly aware of just how bad uh, leadership uh, a leadership structure could be and that it would just simply have been better run by the individual soldier level if we were just being handed all the information and told these are the missions we need y'all to do we could have probably got that done way better and that's it's it really like encouraged me towards violent ideas about how like you know how to how groups or organizations should be organized from the grab level you know like it, it realistically leadership, if my leadership has showed me, and of course, California National Guard's leadership definitely showed me because that was a joke. I can't I can't let that slide. I got I got to name name call them out directly. Um, if they showed me anything, it was that you guys really just don't know uh, at all what you're doing. You're really winging it and you killed people. You killed people because of it. And, uh, you know, sending us out there with an uncertainties about water and food just because you um, were unorganized and you just needed to get some value out of the training. Like, I, I don't care how many officers you guys send talking about how how much we appreciate you guys. You risk lives for a training exercise. People had to hear that their loved ones are not coming home and it wasn't due to some combat environment. It was due to a training exercise. And also to say this to the people, and I, I know that some of these soldiers aren't going to take it serious, and there's a chance that um, they may not see any long-term health ramifications for this, but for burn, doing burn pits in the cleanup process, knowing how hard soldiers, it is common knowledge in the military, because most uh, leadership has been our Iraq and Afghanistan vets, to know the fight soldiers had for burn pits, to just get it recognized as an actual issue and to still do it and then have people in, you know, particularly the officer class, uh, um, try to delegitimize the danger it was only and only taking it seriously after they completely got, you know, <laughs> they completely got bulldozed by the the the, the shock and like, you know, it was pretty grassroots, like everybody from the enlisted ranks was shocked that, that that was something that was going on. And then to try to cover it up, to try to tell people to delete photos, try to tell people to not send out any information about it, like, you know, to cover it up. I really hope these people could live their lives without any repercussions uh, from your idiocracy. Like you're, you're true. Not, they're not idiots. They knew what they were doing. Your, your blatant lack of care for what the lives of those soldiers would be if they were to um do if they were to have long-term effects from burning shit 
and garbage, you know, and having to breathe it in, you know, like it's really, that's astonishing to me. Uh, it's astonishing to me. And I mean, the fact you guys think you're going to be leaders and you tried to just play it off as like, oh, it's just orders. Okay. Yeah. You're a fucking clown. It's only that, that also really only encouraged me into thinking that lay like, yeah, the people who do the work should run themselves. Uh, that's, that's who it should be. But yeah, whew, I wanted to long and JRT as possible, but it was a big event. Got back home, chilled, uh, my girl, chilled with my friends, got a lot of time to detox, and now I, I'm back in everyday life. Um, I didn't really come with this sort of plan, to be outright honest. Um, not really. I I really like. I don't really want to talk about the midterms because that is something that's coming up. Uh, I guess. I just don't take the midterms that seriously. I think that, as I said already, I think that this may be a we may have created a scenario with uh, there may have been a scenario created with um the um the removal of Roe v. Wade that uh the Dems really just don't lose a single seat and they just have power. But then we know that once this scary moment is gone, because I, I we must assume that the Inflation Act. The Inflation Reduction Act was only something that was passed in an attempt to try to appease negative sentiments around Joe Biden and the Democratic Party about how they have just done realistically nothing, you know, for more than a year. Like, let's let's say like the first six months they were worried about COVID, getting people vaccinated, stimulus checks, you know, all that. But they're handling on inflation, their willingness to send money uh to Ukraine, no offense to the Ukrainian people, I hope you win your conflict, but ideally this is your 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 proxy war and you, you guys just need to accept that. Um like we are the Democrat Party is within a shit position, but of course the Republican Party being a far right organization, um actually met one of their ideals and now the world's in shock because they <laughs> And I, I always find it funny because I hear some Republicans say, oh, my God, trying to say we're a far right organization like we are an O, an wait, an OECD or OCED, whatever the everyone knows what the acronym is, like nation. And we <laughs> don't have abortion as law of the land. That's crazy. That's crazy, you know, anymore, you know, and I think people are appropriately shocked and, you know, it's finally went mask off. These aren't. And, and, you know, the true scary reality for the Republicans is they can't blame this on Trump. They can't just say these are Trump radicals is whatever. This has been the policy for since Roe v. Wade got put into place. So, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. This is just who you guys are. And the more people start to recognize the Republican Party as a, you know, very reactionary, radical, uh, right wing party. uh, Hopefully, the more left the country will push because of it. But, uh, you know, I'm still kind of holding my breath for that part. But, yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that's the case. but I, I don't want to talk about that. I do want to talk about the Mar-a-Lago. Uh, let me not play this out loud. I do want to talk about the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid, which I'm going to call it a raid because it is a raid. Um, This has to be one of the funniest stories. Like, this is like peak... Trump era stuff. Let me t- let me take a sip. Like this, when I heard this story was going on, I was um, I'd gotten back, but um, I was just like I was in a hotel, like chilling, my girl, and like I hear this story, and I'm just like, there ain't no fucking way. 
<laughs> ain't no fucking way. Because I immediately, you know, I, I and especially I think the initial reports from the FBI about like, uh, like, oh, we thought because he wasn't there, it was going to be that serious. Like, are you crazy? Like, do you know <laughs> that we, if you were waiting, you might as well have just raided while Trump was there. <laughs> like, of course, that's how the right wingers are always going to take it, you know? And it's just like, and, and, and the reasons and the chances, um, it's, it was a mind blowing thing for me. Like I, I was sitting there cause I was like, what, what could they possibly want? You know? Cause I was, I, I was, you know, actually let me, I, I have my feelings now because I know all the, inf- I know more of the information now, but the, the one thing that I thought was like super interesting was that like, is this was, was because, you know, you had the January 6th uh, committee going on and just like the country should, nobody gives a fuck what's going on there. Because to be honest, nothing's really going to happen from the, the those like um, those committees. Like it is nothing's going to happen. Everyone knows it. Uh, the goal is not to, uh, you know, put Trump in jail. It's supposed to say Trump is really bad. And therefore, he should not run for be able to run for president. And as far as we're all aware, as far as anyone's aware, that isn't something you can do. There's no way to really prevent somebody from running for president as long as they fit like the the default like minimum requirements. <laughs> so, um, so since that since and so since most Americans kind of understood that you know the January sixth committee was not going to stop Trump from being able to run. They just shut off their brains. Um, that's what I feel like they're supposed to do. There's other things to worry about, you know, inflation, you know, abortion now. Like, the, the, there's real world things for Americans to worry about. The January 6th situation wasn't a real world thing. So I was thinking, like, when they raided this thing, I thought it was, like, related to the January 6th committee. And I was like, this is some, like, Mueller report, like, BS, right? Like, you guys are just going to, like, look for the evidence. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, like, is was this just one big stunt? Like, that was my initial reaction. And lo and behold, later on, uh, you know, more more revelations came out. And it was like, um, there was talks about, like, you know, nuclear codes and, you know, documents that Trump had had, um, had been given while he was the president of the United States and had kept while he left office and was sitting in Mar-a-Lago. And as I'm hearing this and I'm just sitting there, you know, hearing the weird justification from Republicans that are saying like a president can declassify uh, documents in their mind, which once again, no better excuse makers than their, uh, the right wing media establishment. Jesus Christ. Like they will, they will excuse anything for you. Um, the thing I thought was kind of odd. Um, like, I, I, as I was sitting there and I was just like looking at all the information, I was just like, why the fuck does this guy still have this? Like, you know, I wasn't always like, and, and it's so funny because they're trying to make him like the, the every person brings their work back from, they bring their work home, like all this. But I was like, not when you're fired. Like, when you're fired, I'm pretty sure your job comes to you, like, comes to your door or like, you know, brings you into the office. And they're just like, hey, we need our shit back now. And you have to give all that stuff back. Like, you don't have any further access. And I just find it odd that this is not a conversation. That, like, why do, after you leave the office, you get to keep classified documents for two years? Because it'd be one thing if this was, like, six months later. Like, I could give Trump a break. Like, you know, there's a lot going on during the Biden administration's first year. You know, maybe they just didn't deem that to be all that necessary just yet um, to go get it. But like y'all waited almost two years now. It's been almost two years. Y'all still y'all chose. Y'all waited two years to get this back. Like you telling me that Donald Trump is this existential threat and like, oh, my God, he has his hands on nuclear football. He could just pop off a nuke. Right. And end all existence. But like then you're trusting him with like classified information that you need to raid to go get back. Like it's that it's that sensitive, and but it was cool enough for to keep him for two years. Like, wouldn't that be like the first thing you got? Like, you know, I we saw him leave on a helicopter, 
y'all should pat that like you didn't pat that nigga down like what's going on <laughs> what is going on <laughs> and so i'm just sitting back and i'm like seeing the hysteria around this and i'm just like everyone like I'm, and i'm watching people that uh didn't believe the Mueller report situation start to like kind of buy into this it was like oh no if they went in with an affidavit we don't know what it is i'm like no 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 don't buy the hype this is still Mueller report level bullshit and as somebody who bought into the Mueller report because this is this is like my peak lib time my boy uh i'll say it could really speak towards this like i was really i thought this stuff through i was having daily conversations with co-workers about this and you know to walk out of that knowing that oh wait that was all bullshit and then i remember some somebody genius told me this he was like he was like yeah bro if trump was a russian asset why wouldn't russia just invade europe now like they said that, mind you, this is way before the Ukraine situation. <laughs> like, if Trump was a Russian asset, why would Trump did Russia just invade Europe? And I know that's an oversimplification, but he's not wrong. Like, you know, and I'm not trying to accuse Biden of being a Russian asset. That isn't what I'm trying to say because I know like Ukraine happened on Biden's door. But like, he is have a point. There's just shit Russia would have just done just to do it, you know. And they really were just doing the same things they did during the Obama administration and subsequently in the Biden administration and the Trump administration, you know? And so, like, as somebody who bought into that, like, I refuse to buy into that again. Like, I refuse to buy the hype. Like, y'all gonna have to unlock that affidavit. I don't care how bad it makes Donald look. It's not, only, it's not like you're bringing him from in front of a jury of his peers <laughs> in this situation. Like, you're hitting him with the Espionage Act. This is going to be in some backdoor courts. <laughs> so, in my mind, I'm just like, no, I I'm going to need more. I'm going to need you guys to tell me what exactly you think he was doing. If he had nuclear codes, I'm not mad at Donnie for holding on to that. Donnie's an idiot. Donnie's an idiot. And, he, like, he, he, you, we've known that he's psychotic for four years. Y'all let him keep dying nuclear codes for for two years after he was out of office he's a private ass citizen right now why are you why'd you wait that long if it was that serious that's the question i feel like everyone should be asking themselves if it was that serious why'd they wait that long if he had some nuclear codes that would compromise the nuclear integrity of the united states of america the the largest military superpower in the world the largest economy in the world the the <laughs> who is, has unipolar hegemony for the last 20-some-odd years, 20, fuck it, 40-some-odd years, when the Soviet Union did anything? No, I was right. So 30-some-odd years. Got third time to try and figure it out. <laughs> um, and you could compromise that nuclear integrity with enemies that we see coming on through the gates. China's coming for us. Russians are trying to reinstate the Soviet Union. Like... Why did y'all leave this man with nuclear codes? Like ever. Why don't you get that back in January when you're saying Russia was 100% invading Ukraine? You know, back like, you know, like if this threat was that real, why was that never something that happened? And it's because it's not real. Because this is really just political theater again. They are trying to, because they really, and now I'm, I'm going to loop it all together now. They have realized this January 6th committee is weak as fuck. Nobody cares. <laughs> Not a single soul cares. They could, they could come out and have a picture of Trump in a Nazi uniform with a Klan hoodie on and a Glock shooting a black person in the face. His supporters are still going to vote him back in. As he's, listen, as Trump is quoted saying, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and people would still vote for me. Is it Fifth Avenue or Trump, Washington Avenue? You know what? I'm not even going to quote Trump. He could have shot somebody on, on, on live CNN and they'd say it was justified. That is just a position Trump has politically. Like, it isn't up for conversation. Like, there is no bad press for Trump. You know, and so for, for his supporters, because they just don't believe you. Um, and that's a conversation about like fake news and media and how it impacts the real world, leaning into postmodernism. I 
I'm actually fascinated by postmodernism. Not like the more I've started looking into it, and the more I've like looked at how fake news has created kind of internal realities for people that I feel is like keeps them away from like the broader actual reality, which maybe is pretentious of me to say, depending on like, uh, uh, but like it, it, um, it, it is, it is so interesting, but like, if you truly understand the psyche of a Trump supporter, you should have known this January 6th committee was not going to be watched by his supporters. And even if, even if it was going to be watched, it's just going to say it's fake news and then vote him in anyway. There isn't going to be some bad press moment that is going to create uh, a situation where his supporters just bail out. There is none. There won't be. And you know what's crazy? Trump, with his great ability to just have his thumb on the pulse of where his supporters are at most of the time, like more often, way more often than the average politician. Um, he knows what to dance. He knows how to do the dance to keep them on his side. And so th- this was never going to work. Like the only time I thought Trump was may have lost his supporters is when like Roe v. Wade actually got passed. Like, you know, Trump did all the works of like putting the judges in to get it passed. They got it passed. And then, like, you know, all the backlash, because it's, it's very unpopular in the United States. Just going to tell you the truth. So I think it's like uh, I saw something on Gallup poll where it's like 65, 70 percent of Americans uh, would have just preferred Roe v. Wade be continued law of the land. Like they were, they were fine as things where they were. So to have it removed is just a um, is a fringe thought. Um, and, I, and, you know, it's funny. I know Trump believes that, too. I know Trump only did that because he was just doing what uh, his advisors said would be best for him to get reelected. And he knew the best way to get reelected is to got to get, rally the evangelicals to his side. And so he, he puts these guys in. But I know Trump believes in abortion. I know it straight up. <laughs> like, like you, you, you would prefer it not to be hard at all under any circumstance. Now, granted, he's, you know, he's a capital owner. Uh, he's a part of the bourgeoisie, so he will still always have access to abortion. But like, if you sat him down, like once again, you sat down with a beer and said, like, okay, do you think every other regular people should have? Even from a bourgeois perspective, he's just like, I don't see any gain for me to have this thing be blocked. Let them abort. <laughs> like, I, I can imagine him saying that. And so, the fact that he was able to tiptoe his way around that topic and has never been pressed on it because he can't be the one pressed on it because the thing is is that he's the guy who put the judges in so no one's ever going to press him on that question so he's allowed to tootsie slide his way um through uh that line of questioning and you know walk out without ever having to reveal himself to be because you know if he says that if the guy he would, the most it would have happened he would not have hurt his base like because I, I feel like if trump was pressed he would say Oh, no, I'm pro-life. I, I think ultimately, if he was pressed, he would say it. Um, but it would not, you know, he would have nothing to gain. It would only galvanize the Dems more, which more likely create a reality for him to lose. And so uh, he would prefer just not to say it. So even though everyone knows he's the one who put all the guys in, as long as he doesn't say it, there is a left. People think he's less radical than, like, he actually is. Because, like, well, he didn't say it. He did all the actions that fall in line with it, but he... He didn't say it. Uh, he did every, like. I feel like I messed that up, but like, he doesn't believe in it. But he kind of is the greatest assister for it. Like you know, he, he made a way. He made it so that it was possible. So even if he doesn't believe it, he might as well just be an evangelical, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he did everything for them that he needed them to. Um, but yeah, like you know, the fact that he could slide his way out of that without having to actually say what he probably really believes, which is that abortion's real, like this. There's no way you're going to lose his base. That was the one thing, you know, Trump getting a line of questioning saying, like, are you for or against abortion? He was like, well, all these, you know, you know, the most he, I, I imagine most he would say is like, um, well, I was the guy who put him in. So, like, you could take that with you way you want. Like, that may be some answer like that. But, like, you know, the fact he was able to slide his way out of that, like, come on, dude, there's no way. And I'm seeing them do this dance now, even if you, even if it's the espionage knack, a, a very anti-democratic a very it, it infringes on so many civil rights but like 
even if you were going to seriously throw a former president in jail, which I think for the U.S. empire is a nightmare scenario, because <laughs> you would listen, we stop throwing presidents in jail. Uh, the U.S. empire can't exist the way it is. Presidents got to do illegal shit. Presidents got to do illegal shit. I'm not for it. I'm not trying to justify it. But if you understand how this empire works, presidents have to do criminal stuff and they need to and there needs to be some ambiguity between them and the law that allows them to do it and no one ever consider punishing them. I'm all for it. Let's throw Bush in jail. Fuck, not just Bush. Everyone a part, everyone a part of his cabinet. Every single one of them. Let's throw him in jail. Right. But they're not about to do that. They're throwing Trump in jail because they just don't like him. It's not that he didn't do what he wanted, but he not that they didn't. He wasn't a generic Republican politician like he was, but they just they he has too much dip on his chip. Like they they would prefer a DeSantis who would at least like listen to him instead of like, you know, it, somebody says shut the fuck up to you enough times or, you know, insults your wife uh, to your face. You're going to like even if they're doing what you're saying. Like, eventually, you're just going to be like, I would just prefer somebody who just doesn't assault my wife to my face. Like, that's <laughs> like, that's really what's going on here. Like, I would love to give, like, a way more, like, analytical marketing critique, but that's really it. <laughs> you know, they would prefer that, like, even, like you know, like, if Trump was going to run again, to be honest, the, the RNC is not against Trump running again if it wasn't for the fact he's drained all their funds. <laughs> like, like, you know. Like, like if they knew Trump was the best friend, they aren't going to give him the money. But like, he's took that from them too. Like, they they hate this, but they can't do anything or say anything to him. So it's just like, ah, oh man, it, it, it's a funny reality to be the establishment RNC right now, because he's doing everything you want, but you just don't like how he's done. So like, you're kind of secretly trying to find a way to get out of this, which you won't. Trump is probably going to be the leader of the Republican Party until he dies, um, and. That's, uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend like that's, uh, that's not, it's not because the Republican party was always going far right. But, um, like to have that much of a charismatic, uh, voice in the far right that has been a president of the United States, that much legitimacy, um, that's, it's, it's not encouraging to be honest, you know? Seeing like speakers like Victor Orban and the U.S. soil giving speeches about to, to people about democracy, the man hasn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, bro, great. Um. Anyway, um. The, but yeah, like this this was never going to work. Like it, this line of strategy was never going to work. Like it, Trump is running in twenty twenty four, even if you put him in jail. And actually, if you do, you probably have made it so that he's going to win. And that's something that people just not people in particular, the Democratic establishment and the establishment period are just not comfortable with that reality. His voters will vote for him in jail. He will be if you throw Trump in jail, you're just going to make the Republican uh, candidate just be somebody who's in prison. It will not not be Trump. It will just be. Republican candidate, Republican presidential candidate, Trump, uh, Zoom calling from prison for the presidential debate. That is what would happen. That's what you're that's what you're doing. That's all you're doing. And maybe you want to do that because maybe you think that's going to secure your vote, uh, your votes, Democrats, because I know the Democrats. I, I was watching a second thought video. He really hit this on the nail. Uh, I heard this somewhere else before I'd seen the video. But not a lot of people understand this concept. The, the goal of the establishment Democrats is to actually advocate and push for the most far right candidates as possible so that they don't have to push any more left. It's out of protection of themselves. That's the reason why they support far right candidates. It's, it's an ideological protection. It's like, well, if we can make it so that the right is so far right that it just scares everyday, you know, consensus working class, uh, the, you know, the American voter class, um, we don't have to move. We can be neolibs, neolibs and not have to move ideologically at all. We don't have to even be sock dems because they're not even that, you know, we don't, we don't got to believe in, a, even in a kind of in a welfare state whatsoever. You know, we could just stay exactly the way we are 
right now. That's why they support far-right candidates. That's why they fund them. That's why Nancy Pelosi funds them. It's, it's the goal of the DNC to get as many far-right candidates in office and just coin flip it. You know, and that's why support, continued support for the Democratic Party, or particularly the Democratic establishment. I mean, I know there's candidates in the Democratic Party that are more left-leaning than where the establishment is. I, I'm not going to say socialist or even <laughs> democratic socialist, or like, even to that. But, like, you know, at least they're a little bit more left-wing. You know, they won't, they, 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 like, you know, if you're not at minimum voting for those guys and you're just voting for the establishment, vote blue, no matter who, to understand that is the policy they're taking because it is the best policy for them. You know, it, it, they, but the, 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 because like if they were to vote for, if they were to push a more moderate Republican, it'd become very obvious to the voting population how much the same a Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi ideologically really are. They don't disagree. They don't disagree. They're just on different sides. You know, they're just, you know, Nancy Pelosi just so happens a Democrat. Mitch McConnell is just so happen a Republican. They, but they don't disagree. And the more you begin to realize that, the more it becomes very obvious to you that this country is a one-party state and as you know, we get politicians that are slowly moving, uh, at least in the Democrats, the young ones, seems that they are slowly moving into more of a left political stance. Um, uh, to protect themselves, they must go to the further extreme. Because if you know that your party is pushing left, if you want to stay how you are, the thing isn't to support people in your own party because then you know you're just combating within your own party it creates party infighting the party looks unstable but it is to make the other party seem psychotic as psychotic as possible and then therefore uh you don't have to move because then you could just be like oh no i'm standing in the middle with the rest of the public and it's like no realistic the public just doesn't want the radicals on the right uh who want to almost see return of a feudal biblical state <laughs> You know, <laughs> um, uh, like, you know, uh, it's so, and then like, because you, you know, you are the centrists, you can take advantage of the fact that you have establishment power and you have establishment funds and you just box out all, all left-leaning candidates from there forward, from, from that point forward. Like that is what the strategy really is. Like that is, that's the strategy. And there. <laughs> And, 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 you know, second thoughts videos very says it really well. I, I, I tell you to go out. I think it's his, yeah, it is his most recent video, I believe. Um, and so this, this is, this is the mission of DNC and that's why they ultimately, that's almost why it's almost contradictory for them to be doing this to Trump. Cause you know, like Ideally, like, unless, unless unless this is a real big meta game, like you're doing this not to get Trump to not be in office, but you know his supporters are going to be more galvanized towards him. So, like, it's you're really trying to coin flip this again, you know? It's like, it, what if it's like the same strategy? Unironically, like they did last time, where it was just like, oh, in in a in a need to, uh you know, defeat the Bernie Sanders campaign and um, create a reality where they're not fight fighting, you know, Hillary Clinton's not dealing with somebody with almost the exact same politics as her. You support a Donald Trump being on TV as much as possible, uh, washes all other candidates. And then, um, you know, you, you, of course, because you're establishing power, you box out Bernie and then you just coin flip Trump like that. That, that worked out very well for you guys last time, right? Like you guys, you guys won with that strategy last time, right? No, that's not what happened. Sat through four years of Trump. Yeah, that's why you don't support the Democrats. That's why I, I understand why some people may be incentivized to vote blue. Uh, because they just see the 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 the, the danger and that is in the Republican Party. But like, I would simply say vote blue for now, but not going into the future in the sense that like, 
you have to be working within your own uh, communities through, you know, especially like to build a, a labor voice, you know, assisting third parties that are, you know what I mean, that you believe in uh, to get on ballot boxes, to um, uh, get on ballot boxes, to uh, challenge the Democratic Party head on, you know, support, you know, what you who you believe, at least in the Democratic Party, that is significantly that is a real leftist that is trying to go through the Democratic Party and try to help them get into power and then create have them create realities where uh, third party candidates can win. Because ideally, the way for the left forward isn't some overtaking of the Democratic Party. It is um, using it to create um, electoral opportunities. Um, I'm talking about explicitly voting uh, wise, creating electoral opportunities so that a more pro labor and more pro working class people, more quote, like pop, more populist focused party um, can appear and, you know, subvert both of the two parties, you know, because realistically they're just one party, you know, like that is ideally what would what you'd want going into the future and yeah like (laughs) i see that as the only way forward um because if you continue just to vote blue what you will see is this because it's only natural that as um we see all these far-right people come into prominence in the republican side a left reaction is going to happen like we will see the left uh come I, I hope, I pray, uh, <laughs> uh, come in t- to directly combat them. It's no coincidence that as we see these marches of the Proud Boys on the streets saying Jews will not replace us, that, you know, anti-fascist groups show up. You know, that's, that's, it's, only, it's only a natural thing. People who will not allow these people on their, you know, it's just, it's just taking, you know, it's just the working class um, taking responsibility just taking on you know they're just trying to defend their own neighborhoods like you know what i mean like these guys may not have picked up any anti-fascist book today in their life but they know one thing i will not allow a nazi to march down my street saying some racist bullshit you know what i mean right yeah i'm gonna you know take up arms and defend my neighborhood against these clear fascists that i see and they may never have read any book because they just they just reactively know this is what's right you know the morality just tells them to the left reaction will naturally come and, you know, it will come in equal opposition to the right and what you will then. And, and, and if you're just voting blue, no matter who, and you have an understanding of what the Democratic Party's stance is on how to deal with the far left, then you are only just pushing the country more right. But the thing is, is that the far left will be boxed out of all power, uh, at least established, like established power. And the far right will be put in put in and given state power willingly in an attempt just to avoid the far left. You know, that's what will happen. And so that's why it's in this, it's essential that we create a, uh, a strong labor, a strong labor, strong labor unions, strong uh, worker cooperatives, because I actually am buying, I'm buying into it where like the working class can have some, you know, power, in you know strikes and lock you know what i mean strike striking power um to bend the political system towards the way that it wants to go even through illegitimate means well at least through illegal means in the way it's legal now you know what i mean whether it be like striking until we get the health care we need striking until we see our college tuition be free you know what i mean right like these movements are going like these wins by the working class would slowly fight back fascism. You know what I mean? Um, Cause I, I believe that fascism fades away as the working classes, working classes conditions get better. And you know, the, the government gets more uh, democratic, you know, and of course the ability to, uh, you know, vote more, you know what I mean? Right. Like there should be open polls. I, I think I've said this stance before, but it's been about a month. But like, you know, we should have days off. We should have paid days off to go vote. You know, this is this is the foundation of our nation. Why are we why is that not a vacation? But like Christmas, 
is for some people, you know what I mean? For at least most white collar workers, at least. Um, you know, like, why are these like, you know, why are these days vacations and not democracy a day? How is that not a day that we take out to just simply go vote, you know, and not only just go vote, but like, you know, vote directly, have a lot of direct uh, the people having a lot of direct power in what is going on in the sense of like, if we're using a representative, I should have the ability to vote them in and vote them out, you know, um, voting on direct policies that, you know, are simple and easy to understand, like matters of just simply going to war. You know what I mean? I know that seems like something like far off, like when's the next time we're going to war. But like, if it was the case, like that's a very simple calculus to the people, you know, it should be debated uh, on the public on the public square and the halls of Congress. And ultimately, the vote should go to the people. You know, do you want to go fight here? Like these are discussions. I see, but like, you know, in an, in a, an environment like that, fascism cannot breed, you know, because, you know, fascism is. Doesn't just doesn't like democracy fundamentally, but um, it, yeah, these are these are. Uh, this is this is the reality we're kind of in. As I look at the Mar-a-Lago situation, I just I just I, I see it for the political theater. It actually is. and. You know, uh, it reminds me once again that the Democratic Party has no real idea of how to answer fascism because they don't without having to push left. That's really what it is. They have no answer to deal with fascist leaders that doesn't involve actually pushing left. And since that is a hell no for them, they're stuck. So they're just making these politically idiotic moves. And with that being said, I'm about to head up. Um, I know I said, I think it was like uh, in the second podcast, I was saying I was going to try to drop twice a week. But as I go into school again, I'm begun to realize that that's unrealistic. I could really do this once a week very easily, very consistently. But it's very little likelihood I could possibly post twice a week. That would That's just going to take too much of my time. So, and there's just, I'm, I'm going to just be hella busy. So yeah, um, I'm, uh, <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been, uh, quite a while. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, uh, I will try to, uh, get an intro and outro going. Uh, I would try to improve every week. I'm going to try to improve this, you know, whether it be sound quality, intro, outro, I'm a work. I'll try to get it guests odd. Um, but I kind of have to figure out how to get the setup like that. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like this conversation is sporadic, but we did hit on like a couple major topics. And yeah, but uh, thank you for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. Okay. <laughs>